What's up guys? Welcome back to the Artist Coaching Podcast with me, Joey Suki. And you're back and you're ready for a new episode this week. And um, I have a guest, a special guest from Copenhagen. His name is Fabian Fabian Mazur. Um, it's funny how our paths crossed because a couple of weeks ago on my Instagram, I asked people who they wanted to see in the podcast next. And Fabian was one of the names that came up uh, several times. So I was like, okay, let's look up this guy and see what he's all about because I have never heard from his name before. And the more I found out about him, the more he intrigued me. So that's why I decided to do a talk with him and find out more about his life as an artist, but also as a person, of course. And um, in this talk, we went deeper into creating different streams of income as an artist because it's not just about the gigs it's not just about the streams you can do so many more things uh, to create an income than just playing gigs um, definitely something valuable again and uh, i wish you the best of well not the best of luck i wish you a lot of fun listening to it and uh, i'll see you next time bye you're about to listen to this podcast but do you also know that you can reach out to me with any question that you have on social media using at Joey Suki. Thanks for listening to this podcast and enjoy this episode. What's up, Fabian? How are you? What's up? Good to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you too, man. You're from uh, Copenhagen, right? Copenhagen, Denmark, yes. Is winter already kicking in there? Yeah, it is. It's basically the same as the Netherlands, I guess. It's yeah? pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, because I saw a video from one of my clients from, I guess it was Stockholm and it was snowing today. So, Yeah, exactly. We, are, uh, we don't have snow yet, but it's mm. coming very soon. Oh, uh, well, then it's not the same in, as in the Netherlands. We, we just have rain, lots of rain. <laughs> yeah, Sa same here right now. Okay. <laughs> so um, I was actually thinking of today about how, how I ended up with your name, because I think it was because a couple of weeks ago I posted something on Instagram asking people like who would you like to see uh, featured in the future in the podcast episodes and I'm not sure who but someone came up with the name Fabian Fabian Mazur uh, yeah. it didn't ring a bell to me so I was like okay let's look this up and see who this guy is and I started to look things up and the more things that popped up the more things interested me so I was like wow this guy somehow he managed to keep, to stay under my radar, uh, <laughs> and I'm and I'm really interested to to yeah to know more about you because um, sure thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but one thing that I saw is that you also do sample packs, right? Yes, I do. I have my own um, sample pack label on Splice called Elixir. Yeah, exactly. Because that was some of the, one of those things that really piqued my interest uh, yeah. because it's something that you don't see that much. Uh, so that's definitely something I would like to dive deeper into. But first, sure thing. Let's get started with the beginning. Uh, how old are you now? I'm. I just turned twenty nine. Twenty nine. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. Thank you so much. Twenty nine. Beautiful age, man. I'm thirty one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, close yeah. to each other then. Yeah, exactly. And when nice. did it, when did this all started for you? Like, uh, what age did you have, and what were you doing at that time? So just to go back to the beginning when i was growing up my mom and dad were jazz musicians okay so i kind of had the music in my blood so to speak mm -hmm. um and i didn't really start messing around with music until i was like 16 17 okay 
Um, and then, like, I got into it because a friend of mine was starting DJing. Um, he got like the old CDJ 400. <laughs> yeah, you probably remember. Yeah, that. I got. Um, I had. I think I had. Only oh, no, I had 200. The CDJ 200. Oh yeah, 200. Yeah, they're, they're the, sm- the, really the smaller cool ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then um, I kind of got into DJing and production and just like did it as a hobby for like five or six years, and mm-hmm. then eventually I got good at it and started like actually releasing tracks, DJing at clubs here in Copenhagen. Okay. Um, and then it just escalated from there. From when you started DJing, it started escalating. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. it, I mean, the DJing career and the production career kind of went hand in hand. Because when I started DJing, I also started messing around with production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for many years, just like putting in the hours, getting good at everything, um, like YouTube tutorials <laughs> all day. <laughs> um, and then, like, when I was... I guess 23, 24-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so in like 2000 and that would have been 14-ish, mm-hmm. um, I started like releasing proper music that actually came out on labels and stuff. Okay. And what kind um, of labels? Yeah. Like did you did you start off with smaller labels or did you, because you also released a lot of uh, stuff on Trap Nation, right? Yeah, exactly. So what? I started off on smaller labels mm-hmm. um, and then quickly... I started signing stuff to like the Trap Nation, Elysian Records, um, like basically all the YouTube, yeah. SoundCloud labels, because that was where trap music in like EDM was back then. Yeah, exactly. And everything I, was like so centered around YouTube and SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah true. And how did you get in contact with him? Is it was it just like sending an email and uh, praying for the best, or? I think I must have sent like many thousands of emails just out to labels like hey listen to my music listen to my music i just basically did the old spam thing yeah exactly um, and eventually it worked out and like i made the connection they replied to an email made the personal connection friended them on facebook and now we're like close yeah because now how many how many songs have you released in total Do you have any idea or that's a very good question that i can't answer at all <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, no worries. Like, uh, are you really like? Do you put out a lot of music, or are you really uh, specific with what you release? So I used to be putting out a lot of music. Like I used to be the quantity over quality guy, mm-hmm. putting out like more than one song every month for the first few years of my career. Okay. Um, but now I'm way more nitpicky. Like I probably release a song every few months now. Every few months, okay. Yeah, because I'm I'm trying to put the the quality over the quantity. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's what I'm doing now. But I used to be the other way around. Yeah, it's fun though because most of the time, um, if I have a look at my own career, but also have a look at other people's career, like the quantity aspect of releasing music brought them a lot of uh, attention. And then once the attention is there, they kind of switch their patterns and say like, okay, now I'm actually having the, tra- the traction. Uh, let's just be a bit more picky with what I'm going to put out and what not, you know? Exactly. And that's the exact same thing I'm kind of doing right now, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. And um, so you started DJing and producing at around the same time? Yeah, I did. And then... Um, did you notice any difference that when you started releasing your music on those bigger labels, uh, even when it were like YouTube platforms, did you notice anything different in your career? I mean, 
Of course I did. Back then, like, everything was, like, centered around that community, like the YouTube, Trap Nation, SoundCloud yeah. thing. Um, so it basically, like, helped my career just get started back then. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't really, a, like, a monetary thing. I didn't really earn a lot of money doing it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, the money was coming from the DJ gigs. Um, but basically, it helped spark my production career. Yeah, exactly. And was that also like um, something you thought about? So was it a tactic of yours to say like, okay, I'm going to take the YouTube platform route uh, and see where it's going to take me? Or was it just like, I'm going to send my music to every single person on earth (laughs) and let's see who replies? Honestly, back then you didn't really think about it that much. Hmm. Um, Because I was just like young and trying to put out music. So it was just like, whoever wants to sign this record, I'll sign this record to them and release it. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty much just the come up, like the grind of trying to sign all your songs mm-hmm. and release them as quick as possible, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. as much as possible, as quick as possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then your gigs, like you were playing in Copenhagen. Um, did you notice like any new gigs coming in after releasing on Trap Nation? A little bit, but not that much because... Mm. Like, first of all, we don't really have an EDM scene in Copenhagen at all, especially mm-hmm. not within, like, the trap-based music kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only gigs that were coming in were, like, at my early stage of my career was, like, a few shows in Germany um, and a little bit of, like, show offers in, like, Asia, in Russia, in, like, Eastern Europe. But it was very minimal. Yeah. And is it better now? Do you feel like there's more gigs available or? Um, not really, to be honest. Like, it's funny because my touring career, career um, never really, like, took off. I did play a lot of shows. Like, I had a year where I played probably, I don't know, 30, 40 shows-ish, mm. which is not a lot. No, but it's but decent. That's probably the most I've ever played. Yeah. Um, so, like... To be honest, my touring career never really went crazy. Like I didn't go on like a three-week U.S. tour or <laughs> Asia tour or something. Yeah, um, I only did a few shows here and there. And is that something you would aspire to do, or is it is it okay for now? Like right now, I'm good with not touring at all. I spend mm. all the time in the studio, which I love. But eventually, I would like to start touring. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to think about that, you know, because I think most artists go into the touring mode directly without even thinking like maybe i'm a bit more of a music producer than i am being a dj um because it's two different things you know exactly that's my thoughts as well because i used to club dj like six or seven years every weekend here in copenhagen Mm -hmm. like resident dj Mm -hmm. um so i kind of like i got that out the way i mean i've done my dj part i've played so many gigs yeah um that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fine with just being in the studio, like not going out to tour or play any shows right now. <laughs> yeah. um, but I know that eventually I would like to get out and play my music in front of crowds, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But then you would like to get booked because, because of your brand name, because of your artist name, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that was probably the biggest struggle because I had mm. built a name here in Copenhagen as a club DJ. Mm-hmm. So people wouldn't book me for like regular shows with my own music because they know me as Fabian Masur. The club DJ. Yeah. And that was, a, that was a really big struggle for me. I, I probably had to like spend one or two years not playing any shows whatsoever mm. here, like as a DJ, before I actually got a request to play a proper like concert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow, because when I, like I said, I didn't knew that much about you, and I started digging online, and I found you on YouTube and on Instagram and stuff. And uh, if I have a look at how how you brand yourself, it looks really well. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, like like the way you put yourself into the market and the the, the videos that you make, like the vlogs, the studio tutorials, those kind of things. I can imagine. Um, that you you you're building an audience right now with those videos with that with that content. I'm I'm definitely trying. I mean, last year was probably the best YouTube year I've had because um, mm-hmm. I released like vlogs every two or three weeks and a production tutorial in between. Wow. Um, and like I got I have an Amer- American manager from LA called Alex who's like amazing. Like the things he's done for me has been crazy because. He has a really good eye for like branding and marketing, mm-hmm. image-wise, mm-hmm. which I don't really that much. I mean, I've learned a lot, obviously, but um, that helped me a lot. But right now, I'm not really doing that much for the YouTube, actually. Yeah, I know. Like the last video was a month ago, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm trying to keep it up, but to be honest, it's a lot of work. That was my second question. Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you manage to, to upload all those videos and especially the vlogs? Because I know from, own, from my own experiences that it's a shitload of time. Um, yeah. How do you manage to do all the things you do and still put all those videos up? To be honest, um, it was kind of a priority thing because back when I also did vlogs, I did sample packs and production. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really do anything else. Like I didn't have a social life at all. <laughs> and I basically like stayed in the studio editing video or making music like 10 to 12 hours every day except Sundays. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's, that's how I actually managed to put out that much content. Yeah. But right now, like this year I had to take a breather. Like I had to tell myself, you can't work that much. You got to maintain a social life. You got to go out and meet people. Cause like I'm pretty introverted to be honest. And mm-hmm. I'd rather stay in my studio, save someone here, just working than to actually go out. So yeah. I had to force myself this year to kind of like get back into actual life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Because I saw the amount of videos and I put out a lot of content myself. So I know how much yeah. time it takes. Exactly. Uh, and I was thinking like, Wow, if, if he managed to do so many videos and he still does the sample packs and his own career, like, holy shit, that's that's quite some uh, time that you're losing there. Yeah, it, it definitely was a lot. Yeah. Um, and is, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, in the future, I do want to do content on a regular basis, but mm-hmm. not that much. I yeah. mean, I admire the people that are able to put out weekly content on YouTube, like, besides their actual career, because mm-hmm. that's... That definitely takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. Yeah, I, I think I just really think that it really depends on how much time you spend on the editing and the afterworks, like the, the after effects and stuff. Yeah, uh, exactly. If I have a look at how my co- content looks, it's really raw. Um, it do- well, it, it takes a lot of time to edit it because you have to cut it and you have to put uh, like the titles in and the, as the subtitles that takes the most time. Um, oh yeah of course yeah that's that's the most of the work but in the end it's still not really polished and if you have to polish it as well like that's that takes so much time yeah i remember crazy (laughs) awful yeah i remember the vlogs that usually would take me anywhere from like 10 to 20 hours of work to edit yeah and then you still have to think about like what am i actually going to film 
Exactly. Because yeah. I saw your vlog in, I think it was Thailand or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you have all these shots, and I was like, okay, so you really think about like, what am I? What do I want to show to the people? How am I going to show it? It's it's crazy amounts I, of time. I did a storyboard for that video actually. Like I wrote really? down everything I wanted in a timeline to actually like, oh. make the video. Holy yeah, shit! It, it was so much work. Yeah, I can imagine. And is it is it like a skill that you learned yourself to to uh, edit videos? YouTube University, man. Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah, I learned everything on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube University. Wow. Is it is it like a place where you can learn how to edit videos or? No, no, no. It's just it's just a just tutorials. Like, when people ask what school did what school did you go to, they just mm. reply like YouTube University. Learned everything on YouTube. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, but that's how I learned basically a lot of the stuff I know about music production, video production. Yeah vocal recording everything i learned from youtube to be honest yeah well i think that's the best way you know like learning uh the art of music production or any skill it's just a matter of doing it exactly like putting in the hours and me personally i've been to music school for one year which took me a lot of time and i wasn't really able to do a lot um so i learned a lot in theory but in practice i didn't do anything yeah that's that's my thing about music school like i also did like a three-month course here in copenhagen mm -hmm. in, like from a musical theory perspective you do learn a little bit but mm -hmm. like the practical aspect of it i mean you don't get i mean if you didn't go to music school and you were just playing with your production like daw for a year i bet you you would have you would have learned more just playing with your daw than you would in music school yeah for a year That's what I think as well, and that's what I believe as well. I, you know, I get, exactly. I get that question a lot. Like, uh, I'm 22 years now, and I, I'm looking for a music school. Which one should yeah. I take? That shit, none of them. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I, I get that question so many times a week as well. I can and imagine. Like, it actually varies what I reply to the person because sometimes, if I can hear by their message that they actually want to go to music school, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say don't go to music school because. Yeah. Music theory is important. I mean, it can teach you a lot of things. It, it's just a, a whole different way of working. Yeah. True. Um, so I would usually tell them just like, go with your gut. If you can afford and if you have time to go to music school, do it. Yeah, true. And then um, let's dive into the whole sample thing. How did, how did you end up there? Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, so um, just to rewind like three or four years, I did a sample pack for this Australian company called Sennheiser. Mm -hmm. Not the headphone company, but with like a Z. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the sample packs, I know them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so I did a pack called Trap Attack. Mm -hmm. um, How, did they my, approach you or? They approached me, yeah. They heard my music on, I think, Trap Nation. Okay. Um, and then they approached me like, hey, do you want to do a sample pack? Blah, blah, blah. I did a sample pack for him. Um, It was pretty popular, and I did another one. And the thing is, my name wasn't on it. It was just called Trap Attack. Mm. Um, but they did pretty well. And then, um, like, my name was in the description. And then when Splice launched, they heard the sample pack, and then they approached me, um, asking if I wanted to do, like, a signature Fabian Masur sounds sample pack for them. Mm -hmm. And bear in mind, this was, like, the early days of Splice. Um, so there weren't many trap EDM sounding packs on Splice back then. Mm -hmm. um, so it actually ended up, I did a sample pack um, and it ended up doing really well. 
Um, and then a few months later, uh, my manager called me like, hey, I just had a meeting with Splice. They want you to basically start your own label on Splice. Cool. Um, and I was like, wow, okay, that's going to be a lot of work because I'm I'm kind of like a perfectionist. I like to do everything myself mm-hmm. because I've had like bad experiences working with other people and like delegating tasks to everyone else but myself. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do everything myself. And basically, I signed a deal with Splice and started the Elixir label, um, I think it was two years ago. And basically, I've done... 18 or 19 sample packs by now holy shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that takes so a lot uh, of time exactly it's i would say it's almost a full-time job just making samples and and how does that work because i, I do have some experience it, experiences with uh creating creating samples by my own yeah. But not a complete pack so I, I saw you recording sounds in the jungle in thailand in the vlog is that how it works, or is it that you layer sound from other sample packs until you have the sound that you want? Or so it's, there's multiple different ways of doing it. Like some of my packs, I would like resample stuff and layer layer stuff, like until you can't even notice the original mm. samples. So I would layer, say, seven snares, pick like the low end from one, the mid range from one, the tonal mid range thing from one, mm-hmm. and then a top end from another one, like compress them, make a new snare out of it. And some packs are totally different. Like some packs, for example, the Thailand one, um, I had the concept idea of doing a jungle sample pack. Mm -hmm. So I looked from Copenhagen, where is the cheapest flight to a big jungle? (laughs) And basically I went to Thailand and recorded like all the local people, the jungle, the birds, everything. And then when I got back home, I just basically resampled everything, processed everything in did a sample pack with jungle sounds. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's... There's, that, mm-hmm. there's definitely multiple ways that I do these sample packs. Hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that that takes a lot of time because it's really specific work. It needs to sound perfect, like you exactly. already mentioned. Uh, like on, on average, how much time would, would it take you to create a pack like that? Usually my sample packs take me about one to two months. To make. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's like four to six hours a day. Hmm. Don't you get Ish. crazy? <laughs> like listening Some, to... Sometimes. <laughs> like, so I just, um, I just did a sample pack called Whoops, which is coming out like in a couple months. And it's basically based sound design. Mm-hmm. Um, only based sound design. Nothing else. No drums, no nothing. And I was going crazy, just like making serum presets and just like tweaking whoops and wobbles and bass sounds yeah. for like many hours every day that was that was pretty sickening actually <laughs> yeah i can't imagine yeah. that and then how that works because um like you've signed your deal with splice so you own your label there you release your packages through splice but um I'm not sure if you can talk about this or if you can't be honest with it, but like, how do you, do you get paid for that? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So I can talk about it a little bit, mm-hmm. but I do have an agreement that sure. actually says that I can. Well, so, do, do you get paid per stream or? Um, yeah, kind of. So okay. on Splice where producers pay like a monthly subscription fee and they earn or they get a certain amount of credits. Mm-hmm. So whenever people spend credits on my samples, or whenever they buy one of my samples, I get um, a percentage of 
the the fee that the credit amounts to. So yeah, let's say yeah. for the example that one credit or three credits, which is like one sample purchase, mm-hmm. is I don't know one cent. I actually don't know how much it is. Yeah, let's say be. it's one cent. Yeah. Then I have a splice deal that says I earn a certain amount of that one cent, mm. a certain percentage. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to go around here. Uh, so yeah. I, so I earn a certain amount of the net um, earning per credit spent on my samples. Yeah. So it kind of works like uh, the way streaming services work as well, right? It's almost the same. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I I like I sell many thousand samples a month, and mm. that amounts up to a certain amount of dollars, which I get paid out every month. Mm. Oh, that's cool, man! I can imagine yeah. that that gives you uh, like a, a different way of income as well, aside from your gigs, aside from your music. Very much so, and I I would I kind of got to be honest and say that if it weren't for the splice thing, I wouldn't be able to make a full time living off doing mm. music. Hmm. Which is amazing because, I mean, I'm super grateful that I actually have that. Yeah. I think that's fun, you know, because so much people, um, like starting artists, really don't see how, and of course, it's like kind of logical that they don't know, but it's that it's so hard to make a living from music. Because from the outside, it might look perfect and so easy, but from the inside, like, you have to do a lot of stuff and you have to make quite some money to actually make a living from it. Exactly. It's a big struggle. And like through the first, I don't know, like four or five years where I started getting serious with music, I couldn't live from it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, exactly. And it's like a lot of people write me like, hey, dude, um, I've been making music for eight months in Fruity Loops. How do I make money from my music? And it's like, you're not just going to be able to make a living off your music from day to day. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really slow process. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't really realize that. They just see, like, artists out touring or, like, mm-hmm. they see um, an artist just, like, flashing their new, whatever, Gucci flip-flops <laughs> on their Instagram. And they don't really realize that a lot of, like, a lot of build-up to that point in their career was actually there. Like, a yeah. lot of us have been struggling for, like, five to ten years before yeah. we actually made a, a, an income that we could make a living from yeah. every month. True. I still remember like the first time I had this uh, 10 day 10 day tour in uh, America. And like I ended up doing the math like financial wise, you know, I was like, what the fuck? I don't make anything of this. You know, yeah. I, I just yeah. like the, the, the zero balance on the end of the story. I was like, how can I do, I think it was six or seven gigs. Uh, yeah. And how can I not take any money with me but it's just because you need to invest a lot of costs you have to pay for the flights or whatever and it's just it's really hard to make a living from it exactly yeah i've had that struggle myself i've played so many shows where the fee was like 300 euros and then you can pay for the flights in almost the hotel with the 300 euros yeah exactly we've all been there yeah, exactly. But it's, I think it's a great thing that right now, in, in, in the age where we live now, uh, is that it's really easy to make an extra buck on music, like, for example, the samples uh, or streaming or YouTube or wherever you get it from. Uh, but, uh, like, I see clients getting paid, like, three, four hundred, uh, three, four hundred euros a month just by streams, you know? And those guys are not the biggest DJs out there. It's just an extra. Exactly. And that's one of the main points that I want to stress when people ask me how to make a living within the music industry. It's like, you need to have different revenue incomes. Mm. Like you need to have money coming from 
different places. For yeah. example, like last year, I really realized that, and I started working. Like, so I have shows, production, royalties, splice, samples, and I have the YouTube thing slowly building, mm-hmm. and that's like five income streams. And I would encourage everyone to like look at their career objectively and try to analyze where they can actually make money from. Yeah, true. Because to be honest, not a lot of producers or music artists actually make all their income from like one specific stream. No, I think most of them don't. Like even the bigger ones who who get like a hundred thousand euros or a hundred thousand dollars for one gig, like even they have a lot of income through their sales from the tracks or sponsored deals or whatever they have. Exactly. Yeah. uh, They have different kinds of incomes, but that's, that's definitely one of the things that I, should have done better <laughs> looking back to my career in hindsight like i yeah. completely focused on the gigs because that was the easiest way to get money of course, um, yeah. but i completely uh, neglected all the other ways and to be real I kinda, honest mm-hmm. i kind of did that too in the beginning actually yeah maybe it's something you should it, learn you know yeah could be yeah i'm yeah, not maybe. sure I just think it's great that right now it's really easy to make money with like, for for example, Splice or uh, the other way to get streams, like release your music yourself. You don't even need a label anymore. Uh, yeah. That one. Exactly. Of, mm-hmm. I, I'm just happy to see like people releasing more music independently and them actually getting support from like playlists on Spotify, for example, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, I, I love like, the independent release distribution deal thing getting bigger and bigger because it makes it easier for people to get their music out there. And that's great. Yeah. It's easier to express your creativity. Like exactly. There's no boundary anymore. And, um, there was one question popped up. Now I forgot. What was the thing? (laughs) (sighs) We were talking YouTube. No, no. Oh yeah. um, Are you, um, are you considering uh, making videos again, like those tutorials or whatever? Or is that something you completely left? I don't really know, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I had this conversation with my management the other day. And, like, I want to do videos. Mm-hmm. But my management were like, are you sure? Because it's it's more of a branding question. Because when I do these production tutorial videos, I brand myself a lot as a producer and not an artist. Mm-hmm. Which is great for my image and for my sample pack uh my sample packs in that way Mm -hmm. but it's not really great for the artist image if you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um so i'm kind of on the fence right now i don't really know whether i'm going to be putting out a lot more production tutorial content Mm -hmm. or whether it would be more like artistic content like videos and like vlogs with a lot of b-roll or something i don't really know right now actually Interesting point where you're at in your career because right now you've you've gained uh, traction and you already have a decent following. So right now you can make big steps if you make the right decision. Exactly. That's I'm trying to be cautious with the decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just so I know I'll end up in the right place because I don't want to be dependent on pushing out production tutorial videos every week or so yeah and and saying like ending up in the right place what's the right place for you right now so that's a big question for me actually right now because i'm uh so i used to be in like the trap edm hard bass music kind of space 
Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm trying to bridge slowly into a more electronic, urban type space. So a little bit less hard, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, and more like I'm not going to say commercial, but more commercial. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and I think that's the space I want to be in eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a slow build. Like you can't just release a EDM song one day and then the next day you release like a guitar vocal type song. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it's a slow build and I'm trying to go more into a, a more like organic sounding space mm-hmm. um, and away from all the trap EDM stuff. Sounds cool. Do you, have you yeah. ever heard of Alvaro? The, 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 yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you guys. I used, to, I used to be so into uh, to Dutch house back in the day, so I know all yeah. of the the Dutch producers. Awesome! I, I think like listening to your music and listening to his music somehow, I think that will be a great combination. Yeah, maybe actually. I know he did a song with a friend of mine, um, Faustix. He's Danish. Mm, yeah, I know this. I know his name. I don't know him personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, somehow I think that will be that will work great. I, I can see if I can connect you if you want to. Yeah, sure thing. That would be dope, actually. Yeah, he's doing a lot of great stuff right now. A lot of yeah, uh, he's, he's also bridging more into the commercial thing, right? Commercial, yeah. The way, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, but he's like he uh, he stopped touring and he's focusing on um, uh, music production. Nice, like uh, ghost production, co-production, those kind of things. Yeah. So he's doing a lot of great stuff for big artists. So uh, I had a talk with him a couple of months already. Yeah, months ago. Um, but he's doing really well. Makes great stuff now. That's great. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, connect you with him. Might be useful. Yes, please. Yes, that would be great. Uh, yeah, thank you. So uh, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Like I really appreciate you sharing the story. And um, of course, man. Thank you. I think one of the main things that most artists probably are going to get from this is like creating different um, different ways of income as an artist. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely one of the important points. Yeah, and I really, I really like the way that you are doing that by uh, creating those sample packs. Like, I, that was a whole new world to me. I do knew the existence of Splice, but I didn't know uh, that there were actually people having labels on it and like dropping exactly, yeah. sample it's, packs. It's getting so big right now. It's only getting like bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's a great um, system. So you know, I tried it myself. Like, it works perfectly. I would, I would have exactly. wanted this ten yeah. years ago. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Their platform and like the idea of Splice is genius. Yeah, exactly. And especially if they have guys like you like filling the platform with great samples, then it's even better. Yeah, and they, they, trust me, they have a lot of good producers right now working on sample packs. Yeah. It's crazy. They have so much stuff coming out. I mean, the, like several sample packs come out every day. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again, man. I really hope uh, you find your path and you will make the right decisions to grow. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Let's stay in touch, man. Let's do it, man. Bye. See ya. Peace.